Alright, well let's start by praying this morning, shall we? Heavenly Father, Lord God, uh, thanks for your word, thanks for the um, encouragement that it gives and the fact that uh, it really speaks into our situation, that it's uh, written by real people in, in real lives um, <clears throat> and uh, is so uh, easily relatable in, in our own real lives. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, as you uh, speak through your word this morning, as you speak through me, that uh, people <clears throat> would be able to uh, understand and, and uh, hear what you have to say and be blessed by it. In Christ's name, Amen. Alright, <clears throat> well we're back in First Thessalonians this morning. Uh, we have uh, studied from First Thessalonians 1, uh, looking at how we can be inspired for ministry and uh, what uh, blessing, what a blessing it is and how uh, God can use us in that. Uh, in the first half of chapter 2, we, uh, Dave, a couple of months ago, trained us for ministry, looking at how do we do it and what uh, the steps, the integrity and the, the life and the humility that, uh, that correspond to a, a good and God-glorifying ministry. <clears throat> and this week we come to the second half of chapter 2. We're going to read um, from verses uh, chapter 2, verse 14, down to 3, verse 5. Um, and I trust that you've uh, read that passage already. If you haven't, please... Uh, pause the video it's, uh, and, and just read it. Um, someone here, uh, read out the passage and uh, I will uh, proceed um, now um, looking at First Timothy, uh, First Thessalonians chapter 2, um, assuming that you've already read that passage. <clears throat> um, and so this week we're going to look at how ministry can be painful and I, I trust that um, this is something that's not uh, not an unfamiliar concept um, for many of you in this <clears throat> in this time. Uh, when I was preparing this sermon, I, I was a bit unsure of how to apply it, but um, in the last couple of weeks, it's uh, become very apparent that this is something um, that we can all relate to. When Paul says. Um, that we were torn away from you, brothers, in 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 spirit, um, but uh, sorry, in in um, person, but not in heart. Um, what a what a true um, what a true aspect of life that is for us uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and in this passage, we see the struggles that Paul and Silas and Timothy faced as they ministered to the Thessalonians. Um, we see the struggles that the Thessalonians faced um, as they uh, endure, as they they worked with uh, and under the, the apostles, <clears throat> um, and we see how, how Paul, Silas, and Timothy were struggling with this pain uh, of being separated. Uh, it, it seems that they were separated by uh, by persecution, um, and that that was really That was a real struggle for them because. Uh, not so much because of the persecution, but because of the distance that that brought um, and the, the fact that they would want to uh, be a part of the Thessalonians' lives and be able to watch over them spiritually. 
Um, and they weren't able to do that from such a distance. Uh, we see how they were fearful for the Thessalonians' well-being um, and what a strain that was on their, on their souls um, over the, the months that they'd been there. Oh, sorry, the months that they'd been away. Um, we see uh, the Thessalonians as well, on the other hand, were um, feeling alone, feeling abandoned. We um, know that uh, from the previous passage how Paul and uh, felt like their mother and father, that parental relationship, that care uh, and intimate love that they had with each other. Uh, and, <clears throat> and of course, um, from the Thessalonians' point of view, that would have been um, just as strong, that love that they, and respect that they had for the, um, the missionaries that planted their church. Um, and to then be separated... Uh, what a terrible thing that is to be alone, to be uh, almost feeling abandoned in this situation. <clears throat> um, and as I said, that was due to persecution in this case, most likely. We, we see in this passage about how um, Paul talks about the, uh, the Jews were hindering them from speaking to the Gentiles um, and, and were persecuting them actively preventing them from doing that um, and of course for us it's it's disease that's separating us um, that's tearing our church physically apart but not spiritually but of course the pain is still the same right we we all know the the difficulty of not being able to meet together of being alone in our homes and isolated and alone and abandoned um, and so we come to this passage. I think it's a really helpful for, one for us in this situation, of course, um, because Paul gives us three, um, three, res or three aspects to his response. We see, we see the way in this passage that Paul responds. Um, there's three aspects to that. Um, and, and those are three are going to form the three points. <clears throat> This morning. So the first point is blame Satan. Um, because Paul recognizes that ministry is painful because we are in a spiritual battle. So blame Satan, he says. <clears throat> notice, notice how much Paul expresses this ministry struggle in terms of spiritual warfare. He says in in verse 18 of chapter 2, Satan hindered us uh, from coming to you. Um, chapter 3, verse 5, what, what's his fear? That somehow the tempter, that Satan had tempted you away from the faith, away um, to doubt God's goodness. Um, even, even the situation from the Jews, um, Paul talks about how they hinder the gospel in in much the same language that he talks about how Satan does the same. <clears throat> um, and so these, these, what we see here is these two forces um, that are, are work behind the scenes here. This, this war from Satan is, uh, that's, that Satan is waging against the, um, the church. And, and of course it seems, it's behind the scenes, right? We don't see Satan at work um, immediately, 
um, and and the virus is, is in many ways um, controlled by how we interact with each other and, um, and, and a lot of the difficulty of it is because we don't um, know things about it, we don't have a vaccine, all these sorts of things. Um, and of course we know 100% that God is in control over everything. God is absolutely uh, in control of this. But to a degree also we we can understand that Satan is using this situation and, and in even potentially orchestrating this situation <clears throat> for his own uh, evil purposes. We we read in the in the book of Job, of course, um, about how Satan um, used situations, used circumstances um, to his own ends, and um, and we see that. That he used a tribal raids, um, he used a lightning storm, he used a whirlwind, and he used a disease to afflict Job. And and here in this passage, again, I said that um, that the Jews were uh, very much framed as being on Satan's side. They're they're Satan's minions in this in this situation, persecuting Paul and bringing um, this hindrance to him. <clears throat> and so we see that um, Satan is is in many ways orchestrating this situation, and and uh, and, and as I said, it parallels um, this situation with the COVID nineteen that um, Satan is in some ways um, bringing this situation onto us to hinder the gospel, to try and um, and bring the church down. Um, and of course we pray, as I said, that God is in control. We know that, um, and we know that God can use this for his own purposes and his own glory. Um, but Satan can too. Um, but not only th not only does he does he bring that circumstance, but he brings temptation through that. Uh, look at Paul's, Paul's fears again in chapter 3, uh, verse 3. The Thessalonians, he's, he's scared that they might be moved by these afflictions. That is, they, their faith will be shaken, their faith will be un, unseated, unhinged. Uh, verse 5, that um, somehow the tempter had tempted you. Again, that is that Satan could tempt them to abandon the faith. Verse 5, again, that our labor would be in vain. All the work, all the time and energy that he's put into these Thessalonians, what if it all comes to nothing because Satan has brought it down? See, <clears throat> he will try, Satan will try and do the same thing through this COVID-19 pandemic. These are scary times. Satan is waging war against the church and we must be aware of that. We must be aware that Satan is bringing temptation, that he's bringing a circumstance with the aim of bringing us down. And we must be aware of that. We must be careful that we don't let that be the case. <clears throat> and yet Paul doesn't throw his hands in the air and say what can be done. He, he doesn't give up. Why, why doesn't he give up? Why does he... Why is he still going ahead? Why is he 
trying again and again and again and sending this letter and doing all these sorts of things. Well, point number two. First, first point was we blame Satan. Second point, but God. Because, of course, very easily the, the opposition of the devil himself could easily discourage Paul and Silas and Timothy, right? It, that's a scary thing. As I said, it's a scary thing that Satan would bring us, uh, seek to bring us down, seek to wage war against the church. But they kept that opposition in perspective. Why? Because they were on the side of God. <clears throat> Chapter 2, verse 12 says, God calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Chapter 2, verse 13, the word of God is at work within you, Thessalonians. 2.14, the churches of God are in Christ Jesus. Chapter 3, verse 2, Paul's talking about Timothy, and by extension, Silas and Paul as well are included in this. They are God's co-workers in Christ. God's co-worker in the gospel in Christ. <clears throat> See, they had no anxiety about, about having to fight Satan in order to win, right? They, didn't, they, didn't, they knew they didn't need to win the war against the devil. Because why? At, at his coming, verse 19, Jesus will bring eternal victory, eternal blessing, eternal rewards. Uh, perhaps you read uh, at the start of this service, Psalm 110, where it talks about God being the king over all. Uh, Daniel 7 and 2 Thessalonians 1 and Revelation 19 all talk about the return of Christ and how he's going to reign on the earth. Visibly, powerfully, reigning forever. And Psalm 2, um, perhaps you heard from, uh, if you haven't been listening to the Colin um, videos, I would encourage you to do that, the Colin Buchanan YouTube videos. Um, he talked about Psalm 2 this week and how he uh, wrote a song based on Psalm 2 about how the Lord is King. Jesus is King over all things and he is in control um, and he will be victorious. <clears throat> But as I said, Jesus not just brings victory, but also rewards. Look at verses 19 and 20. Um, Paul talks about how they, uh, the Thessalonians are the crown of glory, the crown of boasting um, when Jesus returns. Uh, the crown idea is, is uh, in this situation, um, very much like what we would think of as a medal, um, a military medal. Um, it's not so much about reigning um, with Jesus in this verse, but it's more talking about the rewards and the glory um, that comes with being a soldier on Jesus' side. You, you know, when um, when a, a soldier comes back from battle, when they've been doing a, a brave thing in battle, they might come back and, and get a medal. You know, we, of course, in Australia have the, the highest medal is the Victoria Cross. Um, 
awarded for acts of immense bravery um, and valor for the sake of others. And here that's the sort of idea that Paul has when he talks about the crown. <clears throat> because when Jesus returns, he will bestow on us these rewards, these medals. His, of course, the victory is all his. Um, and yet, because we're fighting on his side, because we um, are, are in this situation of uh, the, <clears throat> the war between Satan and, and God, and we are fighting on the victorious side uh, bravely and for the sake of others, uh, Jesus is so generous to share the glory of the lives saved with his soldiers, with us. Uh, once upon a time I read a book a couple of years ago, I can't remember what the book was exactly, but it talked about how uh, God in, in heaven, sorry, we will um, be reunited with all the people, uh, all the Christians that we've met along the way. Um, and we'll be able to point out and say, hey, I remember you. You're, you're the one that brought me to faith. You're the one that, that, that discipled me um, and brought me up uh, in, in uh, the knowledge of Christ, that, that showed me the gospel, that showed me how it applies in, in certain areas of life. And what a wonderful, glorious thing that will be when we're, when we're able to... Um, point out people that had a great impact on our lives. Um, and conversely, we, we see and we, uh, when, when we're in heaven, we see and we're encouraged by people who come up and say all these sorts of things to us. And, and in many ways, that is the crown of glory that is going on here. That not so much the, the physical, come, in here, come up here and stand on a pedestal and and, and you will be the showing off person for all eternity, so you think. No, this is the joy that comes from being together with the people that you helped minister to and that God has saved through your words. What a great and glorious thing that will be to know and to share the glory of the King's victory. So we, in, in, this, in situations like this, we blame Satan, yes, but God is in control. God is victorious, and so we press on, we fight. Point number three, because you. See, if, if fighting to grow God's kingdom is so difficult, if victory is assured regardless, if we're fighting against Satan uh, and we're on the glorious king's side why should we do it in the first place why would we even bother <clears throat> well paul's response here is such a good example for us because what did he do he didn't put himself first he didn't uh, give up or or find the easiest way out <clears throat> no, he put the Thessalonians first. Verses 17 and 18, he says, I tried again and again to come to you, 
verse one, he's splitting up, right? I mean, he's, um, he sends off Timothy to do stuff. Um, and we know from, from Acts as well that Silas was um, separated from them as, as well. But Paul, um, Silas and Timothy all went separate ways so that they could all do ministry um, and that the, they could uh, minister to as many people as possible. Um, verse 2a, we, we see about how Paul is sending Timothy, right? This is the youngest member of the group, and this is a dangerous, dangerous mission. Paul is sending him still um, to to go and minister to the Thessalonians, right? We, we think travel is, is quite easy these days, um, and in many ways it was in Roman times because of the the Roman forces were policing the area and stuff, and yet still it was on foot. Um, there were people, there were bandits and stuff around. Paul um, is not sending Timothy on an easy, um, short-term mission trip with a nice hotel and an, and a, a good fl- a good flight. Right, this is a hard walk, um, and it's over a good long while. <clears throat> Um, verses 2 to 4, we see how uh, the idea is that Paul, uh, through Timothy, and, and, and in many ways um, Timothy himself as well, will be able to minister, to teach and encourage the Thessalonians. And of course now we're reading the letter that Paul sent. And that's after Timothy returned. And uh, we'll see that next week, uh, next time we're in Thessalonians. But... Paul sent a letter to them, right? He's putting the Thessalonians first. He's still going out and doing ministry in spite of all the pain, in spite of all the difficulty, in spite of the separation and the hurt in this situation, and in spite of the fact that he can't go there himself. He is looking out for the Thessalonians, trying and trying to work in this situation. And in many ways for us too, again, because of the the similarities that we see between us and Paul's situation, we can go go ahead and do the same things that Paul did. It's getting more and more difficult to visit, um, and of course we we can't go against the the instructions from the government, that's that's, uh, a good thing to listen to. Um, but we have phones. We have, uh, some of us have Skype or, or Facebook um, video calls and, and FaceTime and all that sort of thing. Um, and so it's it's great that we can still, um, in spite of not being able to see each other face to face or even uh, physically, we can still minister to people. We can still go out there um, and be a part of people's lives. Perhaps if, if you're uh, self-isolating, if you're stuck at home, um, you might um, still want to send letters, send um, care packages. Um, and so perhaps, um, as Paul did, you might split up. You might send someone uh, or, or call someone who can come and pick stuff up off you um, to bring you around to other people's houses. Um, encourage, teach other people through the, the phone calls you, you ring them. Uh, through letters you send. Disciple people. In other words, teach them the Bible. Help them deal with 
with worry and fear and, uh, and the struggles of life. Train them in ministry. Train them to, to disciple others. And pray for them. Pray with them. <clears throat> um, as the, the elders said uh, um, a week or so ago, um, it's really important that everyone in this church is um, going out of their way to catch up with um, and to regularly, uh, uh, virtually, I guess, regularly meet with people. Um, and, and I think it's especially important that we do this for people who might be a little bit more on the fringes of church fellowship. Um, try and think about people you don't always talk to. Think about people who don't always come to church, uh, or who didn't always come to church when, when, we, were, when we had church. Um, what a wonderful thing it would be um, to be a church that is even more um, proactive in following up people and, uh, and ministering and discipling people um, through this difficult time so that no one falls away. Be concerned for other people's spiritual well-being as Paul was. Um, I heard a, on the radio a few days ago um, when they were talking about shutting schools down um, and and of course as they come back from holidays it's going to be the reality that um, <clears throat> that they're going to have to do schools online and that school um, will be uh, won't, won't be face to face obviously um, but it will be over the over the internet um, but the fear is that they they reckon a third of kids across Australia don't have access to the internet at home, or don't have access to, to sufficient internet at home um, to be able to interact with their schoolwork. I suspect the the issue, especially in this church, might be even more pronounced, that people don't have access to the internet, that they aren't able to access the resources that we're sending out each week. <clears throat> Um, and what if that's the case? What if there, um, what if the difficulty is there, um, and people fall away and they can't get the church resources that they need? If that is the case, we need to be proactive about helping each other, teaching each other, and encouraging each other. Um, in closing, it's. Um, Many people have said about how uh, houses and, and gardens and, um, and stuff are going to be absolutely beautiful when the isolation is over. Uh, houses are, are going to be um, painted and, and renovated to perfection. Um, gardens are going to grow like mad um, because everyone's going to be at home and they're going to have nothing to do um, and fixing up the house is all they've got. Now, I hope and pray, I think this would be a wonderful thing if that's the case in our churches as well. Not in the buildings, of course, and, and we don't have a building, so it's, that's obviously not what I mean. But in the church lives, in the people, if we are built up because we have nothing better to do in our in our day-to-day, if we are renovating and growing and helping people 
around the church to grow. What a wonderful thing it would be if the church is beautiful after this isolation because of the, all the time and energy that we're able to pour into it. Even though Satan is, is opposing us, even though we're isolated, Jesus will make the pain of ministry into a victorious and rewarding outcome. So let's pray and thank him for that, shall we? Uh, Lord God, what a wonderful truth it is that you are at work in this time. That even in spite of uh, all that we've done, all that um, is going on around us, I should say, um, in spite of the difficulty, um, in spite of the pain and the struggle that we face, uh, Lord, I pray um, to thank you that you are in control and that you are working. Um, Lord, I pray um, that you would <clears throat> uh, work in us, work through us um, to grow your people um, and to grow your church. In the name of um, Christ, we pray.